0: Welcome to the Nerd Culture's Dead podcast. I'm your host and thoroughly a nerd, Zach. Today I'm joined by not-so-Dr. Daniel Jackson as we (laughs) go to discuss the Pokemon game franchise as a whole. And I think there is no better way to start this discussion than to uh, jump into Gen 1 and just hit the ball running. Uh, Pokemon created Pokemon, therefore it's amazing (laughs) and perfect and we can just move on from there. But... (laughs) Let's go ahead and talk about the first generation of Pokemon, games of which include, for Japan, Pokemon Red and Green. In the U.S. and Europe, we got Red, Blue, and then later on, we all got Yellow.
1: Yellow was solid.
0: So let's go ahead and talk about Pokemon uh, Red and Blue, because those are the ones that we had an actual chance to play as Green was not released in the United States. Not that there's much difference between those games besides a sure few Green cleanups. was just
1: the same thing as Blue, wasn't it?
0: Um, it was, for the most part, between the Japanese release of the games in the U.S. Some of the sprites got changed, so it wasn't not necessarily that all the di- designs were completely changed, but some were cleaned up and there was stat, Or I think there I were sprite seeing changes.
1: Those, uh, those older sprites, a lot of them were pretty interesting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and I know there were sprite changes between blue and red, so a lot of people's Charizards in blue looked better than people's Charizards in red. <laughs> But overall, Pokemon created Pokemon. (laughs) Very good game. Um, Really created the Pokemania craze of the late 90s, early 2000s. Oh, yeah.
1: Once Uh, I had Pokemon, that's what uh, transitioned me into the uh, world of gaming. (laughs) Honestly, really, really enjoyed Pokemon Blue version.
0: I didn't necessarily grow up with Pokemon Red and Blue. I got onto those games later because I wasn't old enough at that point.
1: I got introduced during
0: the uh, gold and silver era.
1: See, that was what, 99, I believe? 96.
0: Yeah. 98 was the release of Red and Blue in the United States, which was the year I was born. So I was like eight months old when these games first came out. I remember
1: being like five or six. Old fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was ex- I was so excited to get that that Game Boy color. That was the first game I got Pokemon uh, Pokemon Blue version.
0: There's no way of denying that Pokemon actually carried that entire console, <laughs> and as the reason why handheld gaming is as popular as it is is because oh, yeah. of Pokemon.
1: There's no doubt about that. That and like Super Mario, but yeah, definitely Pokemon was a a driving factor.
0: So let's go ahead and talk about some of our favorite things about the first generation of Pokemon. Um, I'll I'll be honest, um, despite the game being janky and bad, I I, I love it for exactly that, where there's (laughs) some really stupid shit you can do, like speed being tied to your critical hit chance. (laughs) So like Persian being able to crit like every single
1: time is dumb as fuck. Slash and Karate Chop having 100% critical hit rate. Oh, and don't forget uh, when their defense stats get lower or your attack gets up, you actually hit less with critical hits because it ignores all stat changes on all sides, mm-hmm. not just higher or lower. It ignores all stat <laughs> changes, so uh you'd actually hit less if you boosted your attack up with a critical hit.
0: Or how there was no max or minimum on the uh, damage calculators or stat calculators. So if you went above the maximum value of 999, you would reset down to zero and go up from zero. (laughs) Or vice versa. If someone lowered your stats from less than zero, you would shoot up to 999 and work your way down. So you could have at the very early portion of the game your Pokemon get hit like three times with a stat-lowering move and suddenly have 999 defense Rattata just sitting there tanking every hit from Onix.
1: (laughs) I actually didn't know uh, it worked like that myself, honestly. You were referring to when the stat... Like, if they drop your stat past Mm -hmm. a point.
0: Yeah, if they drop it below zero. It it goes (laughs) right up to 999 and works its way back down. Oh, that's cool.
1: It was so busted.
0: It's such a janky game, but I mean, like, that's part of the charm is it's a game of another era, but it holds up so well in the fact that not only is it truly representatious of what Pokemon was trying to do, which was be a collecting game tied to a turn-based RPG that gave you a lot of content, really. Pokemon's no short game, especially the early ones. Like, it would sometimes take you 40, 50 hours just to beat a Pokemon game.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's how long it takes me. Of course, you got the, the speed runners that you see them beating the game in, you know, four and four and five hours. It's crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Pokemon has made itself to such a game that that not necessarily defines it. Like, as much as there's ways to make the game go faster, you can make it go slower by running things like Nuzlocke or if you wanted oh, to... Oh, Nuzlocke are fun. If you wanted to just make it where you pick random Pokemon based off of random qualities. Like or the internet can choose your team for you with generators. There's lots
1: of ways to do it. Yeah, there's there's tons of ways you could play the game. It it is truly timeless, honestly.
0: Um do you have any favorite Pokemon from the
1: first generation or what were your starters? Oh yeah. Starter was was Charizard, but if I had if I got a chance to go back, I'd pick Blastoise. Blastoise is definitely Taking my, uh, places, my favorite starter from Gen 1. He's just, he's awesome. He's a tank. Charizard, though, I respect. He was always cool in the anime. Always was hyped to see him. Still a cool Pokemon, but I, I definitely picked Blastoise. As for favorite Pokemon, I'd have to go with Primate. Again, after the anime, seeing him, uh, steal Ash's hat and then beat the shit out of him on all of his Pokemon. <laughs> Man give no fucks. Mankey. <laughs> Uh, I loved it yep Probably maybe it's my my favorite gen one
0: okay uh, over here bulbasaur I originally chose Charizard to like a normal human being because you yeah. fucked in like a fire lizard fucking like dragon but not
1: <laughs>
0: I'm so mad that he's a flying type but
1: executor's a dragon
0: <laughs> <laughs> everyone's a dragon but charizard not you hmm. <laughs> Uh, my favorite of the starters from Gen One, though, is in modern day Bulbasaur. Generation Six helped or Six helped a lot with that because I really
1: liked Mega Venusaur. He was cool. All the Megas were awesome for the uh, starters. Mm-hmm. Honestly, Blastoise was awesome. I actually used him on my uh, competitive team, uh, my main squad. Mega Charizard Y and X Y was was so busted. Drought, Solar Beam.
0: Yeah, I don't know why people fanboyed
1: over X is it just because he's a dragon now? X was my favorite I, i'm one of those fan <laughs> to be fair uh like in competitive when you go into those three those three man teams where you choose three and then go into that mm-hmm. fight three versus three uh you just set up one dragon dance and you'd sweep their whole team like if they weren't actively ready for a charizard x they just lost yeah unless they set up stealth rock you wouldn't even switch <laughs> and you could play around with it because they can't go for a ground move if you stay as regular Charizard. So sometimes you just don't Mega Evolve until after the Dragon Dance.
0: Yeah, because you anticipate them going for like an earthquake or something. Yeah, go
1: ahead, go for that earthquake.
0: <laughs> go for a Stone Edge. Oop, I Mega Evolve it. So to get back to Gen One, mm-hmm. uh, my favorite Pokemon from that generation, uh, Snorlax and Lapras. I loved Snorlax.
1: Still do. He's awesome.
0: Also another member of Ash's team, this time from the, uh, I believe he was only in, in Johto, but I fucking absolutely love Snorlax. He's just a fucking absolute tenor. Yep, he's a unit. Uh, I, I remember um, when Smash Bros. Ultimate was coming out, I was at the uh, game stop in Titusville, and I remember buying that Snorlax, because so I saw it through the window, and I was like, fuck Smash, I'm buying this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, if I had to pick another favorite, Snorlax is probably my top three. Probably my third favorite. Second is going to be Poliwrath. Always loved that one as well. He was cool. So, Primate, Snorlax, Polyrath for you? Yeah, I've always uh, gravitated towards the, the fighting and normal types. Normal types are awesome. Really,
0: they, they, they get a lot of flack for not being
1: special because they're, they're normal. normal. <laughs> but they're so cool. They have so much versatility in terms of what they can do.
0: Well, even just a stab body slam is still really nice. Oh, yeah.
1: Fucking love that move as well. Paralyzed. 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 (laughs) My favorite normal type move was always Facade, though, after that came out. Mm -hmm. So many shenanigans with it. So let's
0: go ahead and jump into the second generation of Pokemon. Generation 2 was known for not only being the only generation to expand (laughs) on a prior game, but... Include a lot of new and updated features, things like day night cycle, breeding was introduced here. Super innovative, honestly. Uh, I believe this is the game where color was actually added to it. Yeah. I believe
1: that even well, ye-
0: was yellow in black and black? I think yellow
1: had a little bit more color. Th-
0: yeah, it had like a
1: saturation. It wasn't it. just yellow, like how red was red and blue was blue. Mm-hmm. It had different colors in it, so I think yellow might have that. Yeah, I
0: know. That it was fully colored in gold and silver, though. Actually, I think
1: we skipped over
0: yellow. We did. You know what? We're, we're backtracking here. Pokemon Yellow. Was awesome. Really weird. And it's the only game in the series that tried to follow the anime to any success. I think it did a, a pretty good job of that. Giving you all three starters. Instead of you fighting just normal Team Rocket grunts, it was like, here in Mount Moon, here's Jesse and James for the first time. It was awesome. Everyone wants to beat the shit out. Of them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, Pikachu I lo- was following around. They never even replicated that until all the way until Heart Gold and Soul Silver. Like the the Pokemon following around, such a simple thing, but it's so it was nice. so appealing. You could turn around, you could interact with it, you could see if Pikachu was happy or pissed at you. <laughs> Normally pissed. Let's be real. And it had a couple secret things, like the uh, Pikachu minigame. Mm-hmm. The surfing uh, minigame. I'm still am not sure how you were supposed to get a surfing Pikachu at that point without cheating. I know they added ways later on, but like in that gen... And that minigame was legit. I loved it. I had a friend with a game shark. I'm... <laughs> well, we're going got... to talk
0: about non-legit things here. Um, like fucking using strength on that truck by the <laughs> fucking port to get Mew. I never got a chance to uh, test that. I don't think it was ever possible. It, it wasn't, but that damn didn't stop anybody. From, what a
1: fun like, rumor that was, though. Telling people about it. <laughs> <laughs> Before the internet was more uh, mainstream and you couldn't just look it up, all you had were those playground rumors. Oh, did you use strength on the uh, the truck? <laughs> oh, no, dude, I got a mute. Trust me, you can't see it, but it's there. <laughs> Oh, I
0: restarted my game.
1: Yeah, why wow, you sorry, had Mew. Dude, I can't prove it.
0: I caught all 151, but like I want to do it again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the truck was there though. Truck was there.
0: I, I I like seeing fan art at like MegaCon where they'll have posters of like Mew like gliding out of the other end of the truck
1: when you <laughs> use strength on it. What a strange little thing that was left there though. Like why did did they ever explain why they left a truck I mean, it's a ship. They're probably loading freight onto it. But there was no way for the player to legitimately get there, if I remember correct.
0: The truck? Yeah. No, I thought it was purely accessible. I thought it was just on the um, same road as you'd use to get on the SS. Because you needed to go
1: to the SSN to get cut. You Mm -hmm. needed cut to fight the third gym leader. And as soon as you got cut, I'm pretty sure the SSN. ship set sail it
0: did but the ship wasn't on like that like little winding path that took you onto the boat it was on like that main stretch of road there
1: yeah uh it was on the, the the dock if you will the truck you'd have to surf from the dock so you'd have to be able to get back past the guy again and then surf from there but you to do that you'd have to have surf Which you couldn't get until Gen or until the fifth gym. I think there was a way, but if you missed your opportunity, (laughs) it was it was done. Like the ship would set sail. I think there was a way to get back there with surf, maybe fainting on the SSN. I can't remember though. Maybe. But anyway, (laughs) I don't know. Either
0: way, it's not a legit thing. Uh, All right, we've talked about yellow now. Getting all the starters was a really cool thing, just by picking them up in the overworld. They haven't done that again.
1: Eh, you're right. They haven't. Not for their same gen, anyway. Yeah, they. I don't think they've ever added after that a way to get all the starters from the game that you're currently playing.
0: Yeah, because I outside mean... Outside of
1: trading. You could always complete
0: the Pokédex, go back to the Professor, and grab another one, but you couldn't get the one your rival chose. Or it would be like you'd get one from a previous generation. I remember you could get the uh, Gen 3 starters from the uh, Corporation at Gen
1: 4 if you completed the Pokedex. Yeah, a couple of games would allow you to do that. Gen 3, I think, even gave you the ability to get... Yeah, they
0: gave you the Johto starters if Mm -hmm. you completed the Pokedex.
1: I've never completed the Pokedex all the way. Not legitimately, anyway. Got close. I don't think I have either. I know Diamond and Pearl were the ones I was
0: closest with. I I played the fuck out of those. Yeah, (laughs) probably Ruby and Sapphire for me. Uh, we briefly mentioned some of the stuff that Generation Two contributed to furthering Pokemon as a game and its innovations. Um, we had the special split, so where special defense and special attack separated from attack and defense.
1: Uh, made th- it was still not nearly t- uh, as good. tied to the type though.
0: It was still tied to the type, which yeah. was
1: funny because, uh, like Typhlosion, you could put Thunder Punch on it, and it would go off of its special attack stat. And making it, in my opinion, the best starter.
0: Oh, it easily was. None of the other starters were even close. Like, alligator was clearly better than Meganium. Meganium was a beast, though. Meganium... Oh, I loved Meganium, but it was clearly inferior to the other ones. Because to get a good Fire-type Pokemon, the only one you had the option of
1: getting before you got into Kanto was Ponyta. (laughs) I feel like that was an issue in a lot of the early games. Where Fire-types were just not available until... Mid to late game, or at least not good ones. Because, like, what? In Generation 1, you had
0: access to Ponyta through the Safari Zone. That was, like, mid-game to late. You had options of either um, Volpix or Growlithe on the um, bike trail. Like, the uh, horizontal one, not the vertical
1: one. True. Growlithe was all so right. So that was past Lavender Town. Yeah. Yeah, I remember Growlithe now. Volpix was never that great in my opinion it was a fun pokemon but it wasn't a good fire They're not like charizard I, I like it more than Growlithe personally but
0: that's just for arcanine purely cool. aesthetic
1: reasons i loved arcanine but you just didn't have a very good move pool i feel like
0: mm-hmm.
1: i mean none of the move pools were
0: great back then either yeah but. that's true
1: <laughs> that's absolutely fair <laughs> no, no pokemon
0: had a great move pool Except for Mewtwo, (laughs) psychic, (laughs) psychic. That was the only move you needed. Um, Let's see. What are the things that
1: Generation Two contributed? Um, See, you you talked about the breeding. Pretty sure Gen Two had the uh, bug catching contest as well. It did. Just a lot of stuff. Uh, Shiny Pokemon. Shiny were introduced yet. The coolest thing
0: about the entire games is going back to. Canto fighting all the old gyms. And beating
1: the crap out of all those old gym leaders that had uh, given you trouble in the first game, going back and just demolishing them. <laughs> and then you getting your ass kicked by Red. <clears throat> Red was was a badass.
0: Level 86 Pokemon. Jesus Pretty sure Christ.
1: he's still the strongest in-game trainer, like, ever.
0: Like, um, the only other fight I remember being mentioned that's even close to that is um, in Emerald, you could fight Steven.
1: Steven was tough, too. Uh, he was he was definitely close. I think his Pokemon were, like, in the, what, 70s?
0: In the 70s, yeah, but there was no grinding past that besides Battle Tower. So you'd have to Battle Tower from, like, level 50, 60 to level 70. I don't even think Battle 80. Tower
1: could level you. That's right. You only use other Pokemon, right? Uh, or, Pokemon, are we talking about Emerald? Yeah. That would be Battle Frontier. That was actually why Emerald, if we're going into uh, Gen 3 now...
0: Why... No, right, we're, we're sticking to Gen 2, but... Okay,
1: fair enough. I'll, uh, I'll cover that in a sec then, but... Battle Tower did not give you XP. It was all grinding off of the Elite Four, basically. <laughs> gym 2 actually had some of the worst leveling I've ever experienced. It was so slow. And the I think so, the reason for that was that they had so much game.
0: Yeah, so like let's go ahead and talk about it, right? So you leave Professor Elm, you get your starter, or you go up to Professor Oak, you come back, you go back, <laughs> yeah. you actually get to the first gym, by then you're almost level 15 because you've gone through so much fucking space. So the first gym has like a pidgeotto as its big bad pokemon and not a fucking owl for some reason. Like let's let's talk about that. The fascination of generation <laughs> 1 and how we can't get away from it. So the first gym in gen 2 has a kanto pokemon as its main pokemon, not
1: Noctowl. Which you f- You know, I had never considered that. It's, oh, it, it was two it's, it's going to get worse. It's only Gen One Pokemon that he had. He had a Pidgey and a Pidgeotto. Yeah, and so it was it two Pidgeys.
0: I, I think it was a Pidgey, a Hoot Hoot, and a Noct- or an a Pidgeotto.
1: Okay, at least he had
0: one then. Either that, or it was just Pidgey Pidgeotto. It could be. But then we get to the second gym, right? Which you had to go through a cave. <laughs> Already, you have a cave.
1: <laughs> that was Scyther.
0: <laughs> and the big Pokemon is Scyther. <laughs> not Ariados. Not a low level Scizor. Not a Spinarak. A fucking Scyther. Or not okay. a Heracross.
1: To be fair, <laughs> Heracross is pretty strong. And also, Scizor would have given Quilava just such an easy run. Flame Wheel would have one hit it from. Like, pretty much any level. I think Flail would one-hit the Scyther either way, though. Well, no. That Scyther was actually pretty uh, pretty tough, if I
0: remember correct. It was a milestone, gym for sure. Anyone who picked Chikorita by now is,
1: like, fucking hating scared. Their wife. <laughs> Just fucking hating their life. Oh, another cool thing about Gen 2 that was unique was that the starters evolved at different levels.
0: I forgot about that, like... Chikorita didn't evolve Quilava until, like, level 18 18,
1: yep. And then I think uh, Quilava was... Was it... F- it was 16, and I think it evolved again at, like, 32.
0: I I, I don't recall the exact
1: level. I'm pretty sure Totodile evolved early, though, at, like, 14, and mm-hmm. then at 36. It's
0: entirely possible. And, I mean, that that'd be a cool distinction. Or how about making your own Pokeballs with the
1: Apricots? That was cool. The different types. That was a neat, neat feature. Gen two really brought so much to the table. It's just purely better than the first game in every way. I, th- I think it may have actually added the most to Pokemon out of any game from the previous gen. It's entirely possible. I mean,
0: let's continue down this track here, though. So from the second gym, we get to the third gym, which is what?
1: It's the normal gym. I believe so. With Whitney,
0: Whitney, that infamous S- milk tank.
1: stereotyped as one of the. Uh, <laughs> The hardest gems, if I'm not mistaken. Sorry, man. Poison Powder ruined her. <laughs> I just used Dig. This is the one gym where I go,
0: oh, man, Chikorita's OP as shit.
1: Poison Powder. The good.
0: over-leveled Chikorita, or now Bayleaf at this point, who had to slave their way through the first two gyms, walks
1: into Whitney and just beats the shit out of her. Oh, yeah. No, I just used... Uh... That, that mill tank was clapping me until I got the TM for Dig from the... Uh, I think it was the bug area. You had to go around, cut, but I had to uh, dig in the middle of its rollout so it couldn't power it up. I know there was... Um, Headbutt was also in the game, so you could knock into trees. Yep, you could get Pokemon that way. Yep. I remember my friend got a uh, shiny meta- meta- uh, metapod before I even knew shinies existed. I was but, like, Yeah, what before I ran into that Gyarados. I hadn't gotten to the Lake of Rage yet. Um, fourth gym. So after we go from normal, we go to
0: Ghost. I think it's the only game with a like actual full ghost gym
1: i can't remember well enough i'm pretty sure there's like, another one
0: i don't know why on. but there's no dark gyms there's like several poison gyms but i have not recalled rather there's a, another ghost gym
1: it's because i and I, I, there's like a bet-
0: stereotype behind it because it's like death and darkness and evilness
1: i don't know about that i think ghosts are just a really powerful type in general especially early game when you don't have access to other ghost types uh, gen 2 being an exception, obviously, you get Ghastly early on, so you can get one.
0: Well, let's think about it like this, because, I mean, you had the tower right there to go grab a mm-hmm. Ghastly, or any of the other poison types, but um, all of the early move you get on gen- general Pokemon are typically normal
1: moves. Yep, or weaker ones, mm-hmm. like Bug, or, uh, like you said, normal.
0: Yep, like, you'll have... Even on your starters, right? You'll get, like, Tackle, Scratch, Pound, stuff like that. And you get one elemental move, like, uh, Razor Leaf or Flame Wheel. At, like, level 12, yeah. yeah you didn't get the better moves till much later in the early games. Yeah. Like, I remember you didn't get Ember on, like, Charmander or Cyndaquil on, like, until, like, level 12 in the original game and, like, level 8 <laughs> in Johto. You didn't get Flamethrower until, like, level 18. <laughs>
1: Flamethrower, I'm pretty sure you didn't get it level 18. That would have been a, a crazy move to have at 18. I would have loved to get that move at 18. <laughs> like what, 22 then? Like way later? Pretty sure Flamethrower being its 90 base power is, uh, came a lot later. Well, it would have wrong. not been
0: 90 base power back then either. Because flame like in Gen 1, I know Syndic- Or Qu- Charmander changed. wouldn't have gotten like a base fire move until Ember, then Flamethrower. Cyndaquil got Fortune and got Flame Wheel in between.
1: Yeah, Flame Wheel was the middle tier move Mm -hmm. after Ember, but before any of the big ones. I might have to to look that up. Yeah, because Pokemon's changed so much over
0: the years that it's hard to keep track of all of the information present. But once you beat the fourth gym, this is where um, gold and silver kind of fall off a bit. You have the option of which gym you can face next. Five, six, and seven are all fightable at the exact same time. You don't have to go fight the Steel Gym first. You can go right and go fight the seventh gym. Or you can go face the Fighting Gym. So, Ice, Steel, or Fighting. Which are all pretty hard types based on the Pokemon that you would have at this point. Because it's all normal, Bug, a few Grass, Psychic... Your very rare fire or water type, and very few grass types. And all the grass types suck, because it's like Sunflora or jump Bluff. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Your Stantler's going to get beat to hell by any of these gyms. God, I wish
1: Stantler had been a better Pokemon.
0: And then Chikorita's giving you no benefit in any of these gyms.
1: Chikorita had the advantage of uh, the powder moves, though. It had access to every powder move, body slam, Those were really synthesis, good. Uh,
0: Chikorita had, like, the best move pool, but had the worst circumstances for gyms.
1: Yeah, they, they really piled up the types against it, I feel like, at least early on. hmm But...
0: Well, I mean, even, like, going into the seventh gym, going into the ice gym, Chikorita just fucking goes again, really? <laughs> 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 and it's not like Chikorita has a second typing like Bulbasaur did later on.
1: Doesn't develop yeah, that, that poison weird. typing. They're all, all pure... The... There were no straight up grass types in Gen 1, mm-hmm. I don't think. I don't even think Tangela was, was it? Tangela,
0: maybe. It, 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 I wouldn't be surprised if it had the poison typing, though.
1: Yeah, almost all the grass types, maybe besides Tangela. I can't remember. I think that one was just straight up grass.
0: Yeah, but nobody used Tangela in Gen 1 anyway.
1: <laughs> That's fair.
0: Tangela was like a shit. We need a 151st Pokemon. Fine. Throw a ball together. <laughs> like a it looks like spaghetti. Monster. We
1: can't have a food type. Let's make it grass. Skitty. <laughs> <laughs> I like Tangela. He just wasn't great in Gen 1. <laughs> He's a cool Pokemon. I really um, liked Tangrowth when he got that.
0: But this this is the problem with Gen 2 as a whole. I love it. It's my favorite generation as far as the gold and silver. Heart Gold, Soul Sliver being my favorite games in general, just because of the improvements made. But Gen Two has a Gen One problem, and we've gone over this for the first few gyms. But I mean, look at it like this: What's the cool Pokemon in the sixth gym? Right, we're we're talking about the Fighting Gym.
1: <laughs>
0: Polyrath. Poliwrath. <laughs> the seventh Ice Gym. Dugong. Dugong. Yep. The eighth gym. That was Kingdra. Kingdra. That one has a Johto Pokemon. And then the Steel Gym has Steelix, a Johto Pokemon. So we're two out of oh, eight. Steelix was Gen 2. Yeah. Steelix was Gen 2. Oh, Johto. Yeah, I'm sorry. So we are a quarter of the gyms have the boss monster being Johto Pokemon.
1: Hey, and man, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but then we get into the Elite Four, where it's a hodgepodge, and then lance has not one johto pokemon on his roster i believe <laughs> well lance was from gen one Lance, well and so were all the other elite four except True. for no i think one of them changed it. i think agatha retired and i think there was another person there like koga was on koga the took four.
1: the the place of a one of them
0: i don't think I, you know what? i'm curious now if any of the elite four in gen 2 used actual gen
1: 2 pokemon because i feel like well, there was didn't. two elite 4s if i remember correct wait was was there two elite 4s or was it was red that was the uh...
0: well no so um what happened is in the second generation elite 4 um when you go into the elite 4 what ends up happening is they get stronger kind of the first time you face the Elite Four, it is, like, I think it's Bruno, Koga, a Lance, and then Blue. Like, I'm pretty sure Gary, or Blue, is the final member of the Elite Four. And then you become champion after beating them. Then you go over to Gen 1, beat the fuck out of everyone over there, do the Elite Four again, and get access to Mount Silver. Hmm. When you do Mount Silver, you then then get to go and beat up Red. Or get beat up by Red. Probably getting beat up by Red, because <laughs> no. a level 86 Pikachu is nothing to scoff at. He had a solid team. It was... Pikachu, Pikachu
1: the three starters, Snorlax, Snorlax Lapras, and I th- I thought he had an Espeon. He might have had that instead of a...
0: It may be different based on the uh, game you played. Because there may be differences between silver and gold there.
1: Oh, it wasn't a Lapras. It was an Espion. Yeah, I remember being confused by that. I thought he'd have a Lapras. Maybe he got the uh, the Lapras and Heart Gold and Soul Silver.
0: Maybe. Um, yeah, I'm looking at the Generation Two and Four Elite Four. Apparently, it was Will Koga, Bruno, Karen.
1: Freaking Bruno.
0: Generation two will had Zatu, Executor, Slowbro, Jinx, and another Zatu.
1: I remember him being a pain in the ass.
0: Koga had Ariados, Fortress, Muck, Venomoth, Crobat. Bruno had Hitmontop, Hitmonchan, Lee Onyx for some reason. He and- always had that stupid Onyx. And then I'm a champ. I don't know why they didn't just give him a fucking Steelix. <laughs> that would have made too much sense. Bruno's always been the joke of the uh, Pokemon League. And they had Karen, who had Umbreon, Vileplume, Murkrow, Gengar, and Houndoom, which is the coolest fucking Houndoom combo. Houndoom was super fucking awesome. And um, this is going to come up later, but I'm going to go ahead and read out the uh, Generation 4 alterations here because we're still talking about Gold and mm. Silver at the moment. But Will had a Bronzong Jinx. Um, Slowbro, Gardevoir, Zatu, and a Grumpig after you beat him the first time. So after 16 badges, they change. In the first game, they did not. Hmm. Okay. Koga had a Skuntank, Venomoth, Croak, Muck, Crobat, and Swalot. Bruno had Hitmontop, Hitmonchan, Lee Machamp, Lucario, and then Hariyama. Uh, oh, they finally took his stupid onyx
1: away. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Karen had a Weavile, Spiritomb, Absol, Honchcrow, Umbreon, and Houndoom. Man, I guess it's been a while since I replayed
1: Gold. I don't remember their teams being that good.
0: Yeah, like, the Elite Four the second time through would actually whoop your ass, because they're all in the, I believe they're all in the late 60s to early 70s by then. Yeah, I liked that. I liked the challenge of that. And I remember this being a problem, because they just raised the Elite Four like crazy, but they didn't raise the gyms in Kanto very much, so, like, the entire you go through Kanto, it's like a seven level increase
1: the entire way. It was a hyper grind, like, good lord! Like that was what I was saying earlier. The grind in Pokemon Gold is just excruciating,
0: mm-hmm. especially get... in regular Gold and not Heart Gold. Although I will say, I kind of want to go through now and like play over original Gold
1: and Silver. I'd have to get an emulator. I can't find my original. Uh... Gold version. Well, I mean, you've also got the and crystal. 3DS crystal port. was awesome. I think crystal was the first game to introduce moving sprites. Yes, it was the animated
0: sprites and yeah. the. Uh... I almost forgot about that. Crystal was fucking awesome. Crystal's really expensive now, too.
1: I I feel bet. bad for selling mine. It's uh, I never sold mine, but again, it's lost to the ages. God only knows where I, it could be. I
0: found one at a flea market when I was like maybe twelve years old. Before it got really expensive, I bought it for forty dollars. I think that's how much it costed at full price. And I, f- and I figure now <laughs> it's probably worth around 200 bucks, probably more.
1: Yeah, I'll bet. It's a collector's item now. They don't make it anymore.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, a Game Boy Advance nowadays costs a shitload of money, too. Like, I had to buy one on eBay for, like, $200. I do have my
1: SP still, and it still works. hmm Love that thing. But
0: I-, I think we'll go ahead and wrap up Gen 2 here by saying that it added by far the most features to Pokemon. I can't think of a game that. Outside of the original game and just heralded a ton of improvements. Great game and home to a lot of the best Pokemon in the franchise.
1: Second favorite of the main series Pokemon games for sure. Personal favorite for me as Hard
0: Gold Sil Silver, but that's technically Gen 4 and we'll get there. So, the third generation, I know your favorite. Which is my favorite, yep. Let's go ahead and open in with talks about Ruby and Sapphire. We'll get to Emerald later, as that is, for whatever reason, in the original few series of titles, they added a continuation game, kind of like an update, because they couldn't update these because there wasn't Wi-Fi on (laughs) the consoles yet. Yeah, I guess that was probably why they did that, huh? Yeah, to fix all the problems. (laughs) That's funny. I hadn't thought about it that way. (laughs) (laughs) But um, Ruby and Sapphire um completely changed the way the uh sprites looked and narrowed down the game changed the aspect ratio. I think the game looked a lot cleaner with the uh 32-bit pixel art as opposed to the 16-bit that the games had been running prior. Yeah, I liked it. The, the
1: music was great.
0: Yeah. And all the horns. <laughs> I fucking loved the uh, soundtrack for Fire Red, Leaf Green, Heart or not, Heart but uh Ruby and Sapphire. Oh yeah. They have them on, like, I bought, like, a few songs on iTunes. I like them
1: that much. <laughs> oh, man. I love the environments of the uh, Ruby and Sapphire games. Just, it all felt great. I, I loved
0: every bit of it. I, I didn't get to play Ruby and Sapphire until much later. Um, I think it was around the time that Gen 5 came out that I actually had first played the uh, Gen 3 games. Because I had passive money and I saw ruby at gamestop for like five bucks because at that point pokemon had not hardly retained to their value and become collector items yet yeah but um i chose torchic because if you choose anything else then you're a respectable human being (laughs) (laughs) fucking torchic i got Uh, a swampert that's totally fair
1: mudkip is adorable as fuck i just loved the fire chicken and I liked Mudkip, and I, I probably would have picked... If I went back with how I am now, I might have picked Trico. I really like Septile.
0: I respect the Trico players a lot. I hate Septile. Grovile's cool. Trico is awesome. Septile sucks. Why? He just...
1: I liked his design. He was
0: cool. I think he had the worst glow-up of all of the Gen 3 starters, where, like... Blaziken was cool. For me... The uh, design for Generation 3 starters was the first starter in the line looked really, really cool. Torchic is cute as fuck. Trico of looks are. badass.
1: Mudkip is
0: adorable. Then you get into the second iteration. Grovile by far looks the best. Combuskin's stupid. Marstomp. Combuskin was kind of dumb. Marstomp, Mar-stomp was kind of
1: dopey. Marstomp, I wanted a curb stomp. Curbstomp, <laughs> <laughs> Stomp. Yeah, fair enough uh grovile was awesome i've actually done playthroughs where i uh, just kept it as a grovile because i liked its design a lot
0: yeah he looks so cool and then we get into the third iteration and then septile is such a far departure from septile and grovile's design that it just looks awkward to me i i it really looks like they tried the combining it with godzilla and i don't like it
1: but i respect your opinion on that blaziken was cool swamper was pretty badass swamper
0: had the best transition i just happened to like the firefighting type well it was new
1: it was fresh firefighting i I liked it
0: when it wasn't new to be honest with you i I didn't care that we kept getting firefighting
1: (laughs) they were all good i like the typing as well i'm in the same boat as you like a lot of people hate the firefighting because of how much we've seen it done over and over but i like i said i love fighting types Fire's an awesome type. Firefighting is cool.
0: We, we could go back to firefighting now in the design space, and I'd be fine with it. Mm-hmm. But I, I like Blaziken the most. He just... He's he's awesome.
1: Yeah. Swamper had objectively, like, the best typing ever introduced to the series.
0: Yeah. I mean, as far as
1: starters, he's by far the best typing. He got absolutely obliterated by Sceptile, but in turn, in every other situation besides fighting a grass type... He was just unstoppable.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, the only other typing I could think of that might be as good as that one would be uh, like Kingdra with a water dragon typing. Well, up
0: to this point, yeah. Because, I mean, we get later on the later line... Later on, you get a start... whole
1: bunch of great stuff.
0: Yeah, like fucking
1: Firewater. As, <laughs> as they begin to fill in the gaps on what hasn't been done. is a weird typing. I don't know if I'd call that a good typing, but it was an interesting one. I think there was only one that had that. It was Volcanion. a legendary. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was the only time that's actually still been done. Mm-hmm. But, uh yeah, no, fucking water ground is just unstoppable. Crazy good. Unless you're fighting a grass type. <laughs> <laughs> then you're fucked. Yeah, I really liked the, uh, the pacing of the game.
0: It felt a lot better. They definitely railroaded the player more, but I think that's for the best with these kinds of games. I don't want it when they hold your hand, but if you have a dedicated quest route...
1: I was going to disagree it with it. I remember Gold version just lets you go wherever the fuck you want.
0: Yeah, basically once you're done talking to Professor Oak and you go back to Elm for the
1: second time, it's basically like, hey, go have fun. The only go thing on, that's shoot. blocking
0: you is this bush that you have to get cut for.
1: Yeah, no, I'll, I'll give you that. Up until that point, like especially compared to Gold version, it was a lot more uh, railroaded for sure. Yeah, but I mean, in
0: a game like that, it's fine. and That's a problem that Legends Arceus later has where because it doesn't railroad you and it's a level system that's so easily
1: abused. Yeah, it was I I did like Legends Arceus, but yeah, it felt weird.
0: It, it just wasn't coherent, but Gold or sorry, Ruby and Sapphire tended to have the best way of keeping the player constrained on a level system and keep the challenge constant.
1: Yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, any notable favorite Pokemon? Yeah, I'd have to say Zangoose. I loved that one, especially with later on. Like in its time period, I didn't have a whole lot of a uh, love for it cuz I didn't I don't even think I found it on my first playthrough. It was a pretty rare one if I remember correct. But uh later on when a uh, dream world abilities became a thing, mm-hmm. The secret ones, he he became my favorite. So of the Gen 3 Pokémon, Zangoose is uh my favorite for sure.
0: Uh, for me, it's gotta be Torkoal. the fucking crying fire turtle. <laughs> Ashes Torkoal Gosh, was, like, I fucking, hated fucking <laughs> Even with Marsh Stop, it was like, stop using Sunny Day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what? That's one thing to talk about Gen Three: the uh, fascination with the weather. That's because
1: they introduced a uh, cast form, mm-hmm. and they they ran with it.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, it affected the whole aspect of the game. And where, like, they
1: were really flexing on their implementation of the weather. It's kind of like the day and night cycle from Gold version. They got something new. They ran with it. They introduced a Pokemon solely built around it.
0: Yeah, like, I mean, they introduced new EV forms for the day and night cycle. And then they introduced Pokemon that have different effects with the weather. Yeah, A different way that Pokemon interact with the world, and the world interacts with Pokemon. Yep, weather effects I love in games as well. Day, night... Weather effects, love it. Mm -hmm. Or like, um... Later when we get to the legendaries in the game, Kyogre and Groudon, they, too, are affected by the weather with their passive abilities that either just instantly
1: create sunny day effects or instantly create drizzle and drought. Yep, and then Rayquaza, who just said, fuck you to both of them and turned it off. But yeah, one thing I remember about Gen 3, again, before the age of the, uh, the, the internet, internet having everything available to you for like walkthroughs, like, oh well, here's a secret thing. Well, I don't know how to do that. Gen 3 had the Reggies. You had to fucking know Braille <laughs> 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 to know what the fuck that said. Or you had to be one of the cool kids that had the uh the book. The official the game. guide. Yep. I don't remember if it was me or someone else in the playground that had it, but Figuring that out where you had to have a a goddamn Relicant and a Wailord at different parts of your party just to find these things. Mm -hmm. The secrets of that game were... It felt so good. And let me tell you this. Nobody had ever heard of Latios or Latias at that time. No one that I talked to. There was no indicator that that Pokemon existed at all.
0: And I hear... I'm going to add to that i didn't know they were gen 3 pokemon until recently because i thought they were gen 4 because
1: that's where i always saw them well i was running around under the uh, the bicycle path mm-hmm. trying to find electrikes or something like that or maybe it was a plus or mine and i was trying to find something but this is me as a kid i see the shadow of this huge bird-like pokemon i'm like oh. it was so exciting because i'm like what is this It's a legendary, because it was level 40, and then it ran away instantly, and my heart was broken. (laughs) Gold version had prepared me for that, though. I kind of knew what the deal was, but just... That feeling, because it had not been introduced anywhere in the story like the Legendary Dogs had. Oh, can I just rant real quick about how much I hate roaming legendaries? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I fucking (laughs) hate them. Especially in the older games where they didn't give
1: you a good manageable way to track them down. You have to click all the way into the Pokédex, go to their entry again, Mm -hmm. click their location, go back and forth on the route. (laughs) If you ever use fly, it changes too. Yep. So you had to walk. Yep, all you would do is you'd just keep walking the boundary... Of a, a route and keep resetting it. Every single time you'd re enter, you'd check the Pokedex, Pokedex to make sure it was in the. And then as soon as it finally was, then you wouldn't change it anymore. And then you go into the grass. Yeah, and then just hope that it's your first encounter. Yeah, you could pop like a Max Repel or something. A Repel just to stop weaker Pokemon from showing up. Mm-hmm. It was a pain in the ass.
0: <clears throat> but yeah, Latios, Latias, I love their design. I think they're good Pokemon. Um, they were cool. Rayquaza has, like, the coolest design of all of the legendary Pokemon.
1: Yeah, is one of my, if not my favorite legendary, for sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Despite how simple Kyogre is, Kyogre works really well in opposition to
1: Groudon, who is also really Kyogre cool. was badass, though. It's just this huge freaking... Yeah, it's just a whale. I don't know whale. how to describe it. It's just a whale. I want to say whale, but then it... Yeah, kind of. It's, <laughs> it's more like a whale than anything else, I'll give you that. It's just a big-ass fish.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: He wants everything to be wet. Groudon. Fucking Godzilla over here. And then their little standoff where Groudon's on a little island in the middle of the water. <laughs> You're totally surrounded, are you Groudon. <laughs> Come out with your hands up. <laughs> no. What? No, I make more land. No, I make more water. Yeah, going to Sky Pillar to find Rayquaza. Mm-hmm. It just, everything on that game was so cool. And then, I'm pretty sure it was introduced that, Jen. It might have been Emerald only. The event with Deoxys, uh, I'm not sure if that was Emerald only with where you go to the uh, the spaceport.
0: Uh, I think Emerald was only with the spaceport, but there was some like island you could go to with the three dots that ended up like that was Fire Red.
1: Was I'm, that Fire I'm Red? Pretty sure that was Fire Red and Leaf Green. It may be because it was part of the it may have been part of the Orange Islands. then. Yeah, no, it was a spaceport if I remember correctly in uh, Emerald. And I think it was only Emerald, not so much Ruby or Sapphire. Mm-hmm. that supported that event but it just had so much stuff <clears throat> and another thing that emerald did that no other game recreated and it was my favorite part of the game the battle frontier where the hell is that game freak i, I hate how they teased it and omega ruby. omega ruby had it they had the designs for it. it's like give it to me it's right there please <laughs> you can just update the game that's it here take my money <laughs> please i not buy another game
0: <laughs> game freak you know us too well you gave us the same game two years later. We will buy
1: it again. <laughs> Honestly, they really should have just skipped like remaking Heart Gold and Soul Silver and just making Crystal again, or adding it as an option. I Feel like that'd be an easy cash grab for them. Yeah, I'll they would have gotten my cash. That's for fucking sure. Well,
0: I tell you what, though. I mean, for Game Freak to make more money, if they make Heart Gold, Soul Silver instead of making a Crystal two. They can make someone buy two copies of the same game twice, where they bought gold and silver. Now they bought heart
1: gold and soul silver, and then they release the other game later on. Like I said, it's a cash grab. People would still uh, buy it.
0: You're saying sell them colopial crystal after heart gold and soul silver.
1: And here's my hopes: when they hit their their next ten year anniversary or whatever for those games, and they go start making their rounds again, recreating old games, which I know they will.
0: Yeah, because like we had. Heart gold till silver, Omega Ruby off of Sapphire.
1: They they redid <sighs> Diamond and Pearl, shining, shining Pearl, brilliant Diamond. Or I might have had it backwards. Those were they weren't alliterations, and I hate them. They really like they were dead set on making it exactly the same game, but I hated the little chibi sprites that they use. Well,
0: and this is the thing. It
1: felt so wrong.
0: Pokemon has thrived on remaking their games, but with the former innovations that have come forth since then. Yes. Instead, they're just like, let's remake Diamond and Pearl. And somehow still have less graphics. I know, it's just like... And then they give us Arceus, like, eight months later, and it shows us how simple that was. I agree. Like, (laughs) But not to get off topic from... Yeah, we'll Ruby and Sapphire. They're good games. Um, around that same time in the third generation, we got Fire Red and Leaf Green, which is the first ever anniversary title and re release of a game. Which, I mean, it wasn't too far off, so 2004 to 1996, that's not even 10 years. That's eight years in between the original release of Red and Green.
1: Was that all the amount of time it was?
0: Yeah, it's eight years between 1996 and 2004. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that was a big step from <clears throat> blue version red version to uh, well, Ruby not not Sappho. even
0: not even red and blue because if we go by the American release then 1998 to 2004. That's even less, it's just yeah. 6 years. But I mean, red heart or sorry, fire red leaf green added all of the added benefits of the changes that Pokemon has made over the course of the 6 years between the release of the games. And re-release it to the public, and I think that it was the game I spent the most. I love Fire Red Leaf
1: Green. It felt so good. It felt so good going back.
0: The game was so crisp. Like even for, I think that was my second Pokemon game I'd ever touched because I was too young to really understand what I was doing with Gold and Silver. And then when I turned like four or five years old, I got pokemon fire red in like a game boy advance with a game shark from my aunt (laughs) she spoiled me that year and ruined my life by making me into pokemon (laughs) yeah that's that's where my life uh turned towards that of a a gamer (laughs) but i I spent so much time with those games they're quite frankly unforgettable my first ever shiny was a spiro and fucking fire red i think that's my only shiny too (laughs)
1: I've only caught two shinies total. I I thought I remembered the first one, but I guess I don't. Uh it was one in the original Pokemon Ruby. Mm-hmm. And then I caught another one years later in Omega Ruby and that one was a Zigzagoon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> My boys Thousands
1: of hours in Pokemon and those are the besides the red Gyarados, obviously. Mm. That was a freebie. Even the uh the egg which I actually recently found out that uh the egg in Pokemon Gold version had a very heightened chance to be shiny. Really? I think someone told me it was like 1 out of 16, 1 out of 32, somewhere in there. And the original Gold or HeartGold? Mm-hmm. Okay. Because they were trying to show off their shiny Pokemon implementation, which would explain why I had two friends that both got shiny fucking Magbies and I didn't get shit. I got a Togepi.
0: I, I didn't know that Pokemon could be anything but Togepi, because that's the only thing I ever got out of that egg was Togepi.
1: It might have been a second egg. I know the first one that it gives you is, is Togepi. There's one that the Daycare gives you, though. That has a chance to be one of the baby Pokemon.
0: I mean, I guess that's fair. You got I've...
1: Smoochum, Magby, Elican, Pichu. Uh, Pichu, yep. Uh, Igglybuff. Iglybuff, and Cleffa. Are, are those Gen 2 or Gen 3? I don't remember for Iglybuff. I thought Igglybuff was
0: Gen... No, maybe not. I know they introduced a lot of the baby Pokemon in Gen two, but I thought they added more. I know those in Gen first ones you mentioned for sure, because they added the like parent evolutions. Then with like, oh, those were
1: so good. Rhyperior. Hmm.
0: We can get into those here in a little bit, but uh, yeah, Gen three completely solid. Pokemon Advance or in the Game Boy Advance era.
1: All the legendaries were good.
0: Yeah. I mean, it reiterated some of the things that we liked or disliked with. Roaming legendaries had secrets in the game. Had diving, too. Underwater. Diving is something that I think nostalgia glasses make it better than it really is.
1: It was annoying, to be fair, finding the places to dive and then... That's what pissed me off the most, was finding the right spot. Yes, (laughs) but it was cool. Going along the bottom of the water...
0: And having exclusive Pokemon that thrive underwater. Yeah. Having mm-hmm. like
1: Huntail and Clam Pearl, stuff like Clampearl, that. Clam Pearl, uh, Relicanth. Yeah, that was, that was a cool feature. Annoying at times, like you said, finding the right area. Or really, really shitty Pokemon to evolve like Feebas or to find, where it's only th- like four tiles in the game. Never found one. I never found a Phoebus. And then I got one from a friend. I finally got one for the Pokédex. Like I said, I was actually trying that game. I almost got it complete. I was only a a handful short. But the Pokéblocks thing... Oh, contests. That was another thing that that game implemented. Oh, yeah. Contests. That was cool. To Uh, coincide with
0: the uh, anime there.
1: Yeah. But the whole thing with Feebas is that you had to max out its beauty through Pokéblocks. If you give it one wrong... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I had given it all blue, which is the beauty one. And I I had a light blue one. Oh, no. And I was like, all right, well, I'm out of blue, and I'm pretty sure I'm almost done. I'll just give it this one. That should be fine. Nope. I was desperate. I wanted my lot of so it a bad. it cool factor instead yep. of beauty. Light blue. I don't, I don't even know what else it did, but it wasn't enough, and it, it ruined it. It could not evolve after that, and there was no way to go back. I was so pissed. I think... Actually, I'm pretty sure Milotic was the only one I didn't catch now that I'm thinking back on it. Milotic is such
0: a cool Pokemon, too, though.
1: I ended up cheatsy-doodling that one later Mm -hmm. just to complete the Pokedex, but I'm pretty sure that was the only non-legendary like Deoxys. Obviously, I didn't have that one. I didn't get a chance to do that event.
0: Yeah, because you had to be at Toys R Us or GameStop at certain days. But Back when you had to like have your Game Boy plugged in by an employee at a store? Yep. <laughs> Instead of just showing up in the corner, linking up your DS to the Wi-Fi, going, all right, cool, have my event, by."
1: Mm, thanks. Getting the cards from a Planet X or uh, GameStop.
0: Oh, oh my, I forgot about the little cards they just give you for codes. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go ahead now and jump into the fourth generation. We're almost at an hour, and we're halfway through (laughs) (laughs) so um pokemon in the fourth generation introduced diamond pearl platinum heart gold soul silver and by this point in the uh pokemon franchise we're really start getting into pokemon fatigue where games have been coming out constantly on a two or three year rotation and this is where the pokemon games start to see a drop off in Play, but I think an increase in quality. Where Pokemon Diamond and Pearl implemented a lot of the former technologies that were in the other games, like Day-Night Cycle makes its return here in Platinum.
1: Yeah, I noticed that they had taken that away in uh, Ruby and Sapphire. Yeah. I I always never understood that.
0: It had to do with the uh, cartridges they use. Because they changed the shape of the cartridge, they couldn't fit the internalized battery for the timer in those.
1: They did have a battery, though.
0: Yeah, but it was a different kind of battery no, for I the see. timer. Because those the reason why the old cartridges died so quickly in comparison to, like, you could plug a Ruby cartridge in from 2004 and it still works today is because it doesn't have that clock in it. Because yeah, that clock didn't stop.
1: It <laughs> I knew what fucking time I still have my blue version from when I was a kid. It still works. But if I shake the Game Boy at all, like, if I move it even slightly the wrong way, it freezes instantly. It's almost like the pieces are loose inside. Have to have someone go in with a fucking microscopic screwdriver, just quarter turn everything. Just leave the Game Boy the table and click the button. <laughs> <laughs> or emulator. Yeah, I might have to jump on that boat at some point.
0: Yeah, Or we're going to have to do like uh, Soul Links or something like that. Oh, that would be fun. We should. Um, so let's go ahead. Uh, I always chose Piplup, no matter what. And nothing against Turtwig. He's my boy, Chimchar. Pretty cool. But Piplup is a fucking water steel penguin. It's the coolest thing ever.
1: Yep, that was the one I went with. Uh, Sorry, guys. (laughs) Piplup's the best. Um, If Piplup hadn't been there, it would have been Fire Monkey. And this is uh, my
0: takeaway from Gen 4 as a whole. There are so many water Pokemon. And, like... I mean, Gen three had a lot of water Pokemon, but Gen four for whatever reason feels like everything was watertight.
1: Gen four and five get mixed up a lot in my head and I kinda I'm foggy on the details. I didn't of all the games I replayed those two the least. hmm I, I don't ever actually think I ever went back and replayed uh Diamond and Pearl or Black and White. But So forgive me if I'm a little foggy on some of the details.
0: Oh, that's totally fine. But um Favorite Pokemon from that generation for me are Gastrodon and Rampardos, Rampardos being my favorite fossil Pokemon ever.
1: Rampardos was awesome. Yeah,
0: uh, Shell. Fucking, for whatever reason, all my friends liked Shellgon, and I was like, y'all
1: are fucking stupid. Shellgon? Alright. Uh, Shieldon, that one. Shieldon, oh, yeah, Bastiodon. Yeah. Like, Shellgon was a uh, Gen 3. <laughs> my boy, that turns into <laughs> Salamence. What's wrong with you? <laughs> No,
0: no, the fucking shield dinosaur compared to the ramming he dinosaur. He cool. He just wasn't good at all. Like, he wasn't fun. Yeah, versus the fucking dinosaur that hits things with its head that learns, like, fucking Iron Head, Steel Headbutt, or Zen Headbutt. I believe Headbutt. he
1: also has the highest attack stat ever, like, besides certain legendary, like, Mega Evolution Pokemon. I'd have to double check, but, in fact, I'm going to do that now. But I'm pretty sure him and like maybe Slacking have the highest attack stats. Let's see.
0: The trade-off being that Rampardos is actually really slow, oddly enough, and just is one-hittable by like most things in the game. Considering there's a lot of water Pokemon running around in
1: Gen 4. Yes, yeah, his speed is what definitely limited him. But in competitive, you slap a Choice Scarf on this bitch.
0: Have someone else set up a fucking Tailwind. Yeah, yeah. you could do that
1: too. Choice Scarf, though, because you only need one move. Yeah. I don't remember if Head Smash was in that gen, but in earlier you could do, like, Rock Slide even. Mm-hmm. And it just it just demolished everything in its way. Uh, while you're
0: looking that up, what's your favorite Pokemon from Gen 4? I'm going
1: to have to say Drapion. Like, if I had to pick a second, it'd be Floatzel. Loved Floatzel. Used I, I loved
0: Buizel. Floatzel kind of turned me off from the evolution line, but I like the attitude it has.
1: Yeah, I, I loved the design. It was fast. I used it on my competitive team later on. Mm-hmm. It had a very versatile move pool. Uh, I had I ran brick break, ice punch, crunch, and waterfall. And later on, I got liquidation.
0: Was crunch introduced in Gen four or Gen three? Because crunch was... is like the worst thing that Pokemon's ever done. Because every fucking Pokemon gets it. <laughs> crunch.
1: Yeah. I might be thinking of a different one. That was a eighty base power dark move that had a chance of a.
0: Uh, yeah, it's the uh, upgraded pr- version of bite.
1: Yeah. I think that was Gen 2. Was it? Yeah, because Bite turned that into a Dark type. Bite, before that, had been a Normal type, Mm -hmm. if I'm remembering correctly.
0: I feel like Bite should still be Normal. I think Houndoom's
1: thing was Crunch.
0: You know what? Yeah, because that that was its exclusive mood for a while. Okay, that makes more sense, but Crunch sucks. I hate that Crunch is on, like, every fucking Pokemon. I wish
1: more Pokemon got it. I love that move. That... Good coverage.
0: I, don't know, I just like the idea that Pokemon can't cover everything. And when every Pokemon has a dark type move at 80 base power, it's kind of annoying.
1: Alright, so Drapion, on the other hand, kind of like Swampert, had one of the coolest typings ever. Poison Dark.
0: Not Poison Bug, despite being a Scorpion. Well, it Pokemon. was a bug. Oh, it's it first stages, it. and it becomes a dark type. I, you know what? That's one thing that I wish a lot more of bug-type Pokemon did later on. Or Turned like, into something other than a bug? Yeah, like, for example, Scyther being a, like, it's a bug-flying type, right? hmm Turns into a steel bug when it turns into Scizor, but it could totally turn into, like, a steel fighting rather than a steel bug.
1: Yeah, I could see that. I, I do like certain Pokemon keeping their bug types because it's nice to have some bug types, otherwise there would be no in-game bug types at all.
0: Or we could have a good bug type, like more Heracrosses running around.
1: Heracross was pretty good, but he was more used as a fighting type than a bug type. i yeah. th- I think
0: that's because no good fucking stab bug moves came he had out. Mega Horn and
1: like it's got low accuracy, eighty-five, I believe. Mm-hmm. Anything less than a hundred is a guaranteed miss in competitive. <laughs> <laughs> It will let you down 100% of the time. (laughs) So, other than
0: Drapion losing his bug type when he evolved, what other benefits were there to Drapion?
1: Psychic types no longer are super effective to him.
0: And there was a lot of psychic types. It had one
1: weakness, and that was ground. I mean, everything was ground, though. Let's be real. And there was a shenanigans. I don't remember when it came out, but uh, red balloon, the air balloon. Okay. You make it hold that. It has no weaknesses.
0: I think that was Gen 4. Because I know a lot of the battle items like Assault
1: Vest and shit were coming out then at the same time. I've actually seen uh, strategies used online where people skill switch Wonder Guard onto it. (laughs) They skill switch Wonder Guard and they have an air balloon and nothing can hit it after that in double battles. Yeah, weren't they doing the same thing with Machamps though? Uh, Machamps gimmick was... No Guard Fissure.
0: Okay, that's what it was.
1: And I think they actually disabled you from actually giving it a No Guard on ones that you transfer from games where it can learn Fissure. Mm-hmm. But peop- you know how people are. They still...
0: Yeah, they'll still hack the game to do it. Cheatsy
1: doodle it in. But uh, yes, it was Choice Scarf, No Guard, Fissure. Just, <laughs> just one-shotting everything. Because No Guard makes it so you can't miss. Yeah. Um... I
0: wonder if there's ways to do that with Rain and Sheer Cold. Because all the one-hit moves are just bullshit. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, I don't think Rain got any abilities that made it never miss. But uh, there was cheeky stuff like with uh, the mole Pokemon, Excadrill.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Was that this gen? That was Gen 5. Okay, that was Gen 5, where you could use like Hone Claws to oh, boost yeah. your accuracy. And your attack, and then use uh, that, but it'd have to live long enough for you to do that. But And good luck, because it's a fucking rock ground. Yes. Poison Dark is probably one of my favorite type combinations, though. Only weak to ground. It got an awesome move set. Uh, ice Fang, like, especially. Ice was such a pivotal move to have. Ice types were objectively bad, just because they had so many stupid weaknesses Yeah, and- to common things.
0: I think Gen 4 just has the strength of adding a lot of really good Pokemon type-wise, like Gastrodon was a Gastrodon water again, ground water again.
1: ground. We, we got good.
0: Quagsire, then we got Swampert, now we got Gastrodon. Quagsire
1: was actually Gen 2 now that I think about it. It was. So Gen 2 had its own, I didn't even mention that, yeah. had its own water ground shenanigans. Well,
0: we even forgot to mention our favorite Pokemon from the Ampharos. Versa ring. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, by a basic bitch normal types. Gen 4, I think, is the beginning of actually very good competitive Pokemon play. Like, Mm -hmm. Gen 3, it for sure existed, but Gen 4, I think, really opened up the door to some of the more creative strategies, with the fact that we had all the good items added. Yeah, it added all the battle-specific items. Um, It really pushed Double Battles beyond what Gen 3 did with Double Battles, Mm -hmm. by introducing them. Forgot about that feature. Double battles are very. Did that important. not
1: exist in gold version. Oh, that, that did exist in Ruby and Sapphire. It did in Ruby yeah. and Sapphire.
0: I think they're the one that in, introduced it with the Plusle
1: and Minun. Yeah, the, the the trainer. Yeah. Yeah, the Plusle and Minun. The mascots were the ones that uh, that was built around abilities. That was the other thing Gen three introduced.
0: Uh, didn't that also take away? Oh no, Gen four was when they got away with um, the actual physical special split for typings.
1: Yeah, they actually gave different abilities, like of the same type, special and physical. So you could run, you know, Thunder Punch, and it wasn't a special move anymore; it'd be physical mm-hmm. instead, which I really liked because that opened up a lot of a. Uh...
0: Didn't they also add the uh, distinction for gender Pokemon in Gen Four, where like female Pokemon will have like different, um, like spots on them and stuff like that.
1: I don't know if it was that generation, but yes, around this time, one of these generations, like four or five or six, it started. It was either four or five. It had to be uh, different designs on Pokemon. In fact, Gen 3 might have had that.
0: You know what? It was Gen 3 because that was when we got the introduction of Heart Tail Pikachu. I remember specifically with that, yeah, with that Pikachu sprite.
1: I think you're right. Yeah. Because I remember. Because
0: uh... Torchic had a spot
1: on it. Yeah, some, <laughs> the infamous weird spot that you couldn't see. It. I think you could only see it when it was on your side of the field, right? Yeah, you couldn't see it on the
0: opposing side, and it was just that was the spot only on change across all its evolution. <laughs> didn't it even it didn't stick that- over
1: to Combusken or Blaziken either. And the, the other uh, starters didn't even have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, uh, and then like Spinda loved that one too. Had different designs on every single one of them. Every single one was unique.
0: I, I like the idea of that with like. Um, later on in gen 6 with the butterfly pokemon having different um patterns patterns based on your actual position in the real world. Mhm.
1: Yeah, that was cool. <laughs>
0: that was awesome. They implemented so many
1: cool things.
0: Yeah, Pokemon gets a lot of flack for repeating the same thing over and over again, but if it ain't broke, don't fix it and it does a lot of work. I really
1: wish they changed less, honestly, like across generations. Like when they when they find something good, I wish they would stick to it.
0: Yeah, like I tell you what, my favorite thing was on the 3DS. They put gold and silver on the eShop for I think it was seventeen dollars, and original or original? Oh, oh wow! No change whatsoever. It's the exact game, except they added a online capability to it, so you can play competitive with the what? old game. Yeah, it's awesome. Oh, I might have to check that out. Yeah, boot boot up your 3DS and look on the (laughs) eShop. i have to get that back from hand. (laughs) But I I tell you what, man. The fact that they did that.
1: I didn't know the competitive thing. I mean, I bet that's kind of...
0: It was just online battling. There was no, like, VGC League or anything.
1: It's probably a little boring because every single Pokemon was holding leftovers at that time.
0: Yep. But, yeah, that's still
1: cool. That's
0: very cool. Um, let's see. Other notable things about Gen 4... Uh, Poffins being made.
1: Being that was kind a, of a spin-off of uh, Pokeblocks.
0: Yeah, just another mini minigame. Uh, using the stylus and having
1: two screens, the Poketch. Stuff like that. Was that the one where... Uh, yeah, I did like the little the, thing, that, the step counter and everything else. Yeah, th- those were incredibly useful. And it had little minigames tied it. was to interesting it. to see, like, at the end of the game, how many steps you took and whatnot.
0: And just stuff like that. Yeah, or um, at that, that point, the uh, action replay replace the game shark for like hacking and it was widely available
1: at stores yep i remember i got booted off of online because i wanted to make one of my pokemon shiny Mm -hmm. and i used that when i finally got one and i could not go online anymore they ban you
0: yep Yep. i remember um but the funny thing is they ban you on the ds but if you go into pokemon battle revolution the tie-in game with the wii it won't do it. <laughs> I created a team of six Darkrai.
1: <laughs> and it was Did that totally game have fine. online? I never got that one. I always wanted it, but I never pulled the trigger. It was online, yeah. That's cool. It,
0: it still has an online community to this day. Wow. Because, I mean, people like the... Um, I thought the Wii had
1: been taken offline at this point.
0: I don't think its servers are totally down yet. They, no, they're still making Wii games, bro. What? The last Wii game ever comes out this year.
1: No way!
0: Another Dance Dance Revolution.
1: <laughs> I guess if there was a Wii game, it would be that one, huh?
0: Yeah, but notable takeaway from Generation Four: um, Heart Gold and Sil Silver, having yeah. a physical tie-in item with the release of the game being that Pokemon odometer. I still, I got that one with mine. I never used it. It was incredibly useful, and it was the only way to access certain Pokemon. Mine
1: still has the pull tab, and it's a. Uh...
0: You know how expensive that is, man. I'd have to find it. Uh, I, I tell you what, you find it, you have yourself $200. Ooh. No, I'm I'm not shitting you. Look it up on eBay. The Pokemon Step-Odometer nice. unsynced to a game is ridiculously valuable.
1: Oh, can it only sync once?
0: Oh, wow. Without having to completely take out the internal battery and replace it, yeah. Wow. They're valuable, but they're, it's also just because of how rare it is. Like, the unopened box for Pokemon Heart Gold is thousands of dollars. Oh, I bet. Unopened, for sure. Mm-hmm. And it was for whatever reason, HeartGold Silver didn't sell really well. So even just the DS cartridge is, is expensive.
1: Yeah, I still have my uh, by, my box, my cartridge for HeartGold and the the Step thing somewhere. I wish I could. I think I have an idea of where it is, but yeah, you get what I'm saying, though. It's a uh, damn kind of crazy knowing that's worth so much. Hmm.
0: No, it was it was a crazy time for sure, but um. Absolutely loved Pokémon HeartGold was just a love letter to the Pokémon franchise. Mm-hmm. Done the best I think of and any of the they remakes.
1: Po- they re-implemented Pokémon following
0: you. It's like, "Thank you, Game Freak." And it could be any Pokémon, not just Pikachu. Yep. I remember hacking in Arceus in my Diamond and then hacking it or not hacking, but training it over to HeartGold Gold, having Arceus follow me around the ruins. And that had its own little mini-game. mini-game, but it had an in-game event where if you talk to the ruin person with Arceus, it would take you over to um some mountain and you get to choose between Giratina, Palkia, and Dialga. You just got to pick one and just take it.
1: Whoa.
0: It was the coolest thing. That's neat. neat.
1: I never even knew that.
0: There was a lot of like in game events with the fourth generation and it was just a really good game. I- I'm really happy with generation four and Heart Gold Silver will always hold the spot in my
1: heart for the Yeah, those are best those are definitely game. my second favorite. For sure.
0: Um, I think, just due to how long this conversation has gone, we'll have to take a little bit of a break here. Break it in two episodes. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to make this a two-parter, and we're going to talk about the second half of Pokemon later, but, uh, Daniel, any closing remarks about Pokemon thus far?
1: Nope, we've pretty much made all the, uh, comments I have so far.
0: (laughs) Alrighty. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening. You can find the Nerd Culture's Dead podcast, not only where you're listening to it now on Spotify or Apple... But you can find it on Anchor. We stream weekly on Twitch. We have a YouTube channel that we upload shenanigan videos to. Um, just go ahead and check us out at Nerd Culture's Dead Daniel, any plugs or anything you want to mention? Nah, I'm good. No, I tell you what, he wants to mention one thing. Out of our ascension, our oh, awesome yeah. D&D campaign, <laughs> Daniel is a partaker of this. I am. He plays the awesome character of Ajax and is a pretty awesome person. So <sighs> look forward to him being on the show more often in uh. Thank you so much for listening. (laughs) If you didn't hatch a shiny Pokemon, haha, fuck you. (laughs) Have a good night, guys. Bye-bye. Take care.